appreciate you being here, hanging out with us, where sports truly meets that thing called life. We have an awesome show set up here for you today to start off your week. And inside of is what's popping? That show is going to be split into two parts. Part one, the first video, is my conversation with my good friend, consider him a brother, consider him family of many, many years. Rob Drummond's going to be joining me, Syracuse and NFL, as well as CFL alum, will be joining the show. And then in the second hour, around 10.15 a.m. Eastern time, you are going to see a special that I am bringing to you with the entire coaching staff of the Lemoyne College Dolphins men's basketball team. So a roundtable never done before, head coach Nate Champion, assistant coaches Ben Swank, Jamie Young, Benny Morello, as well as the director of player development, Antoine Ballinger, and the director of basketball ops, Anton Vrabeck. So very excited about what's to come in that special that will be airing as a separate video. And of course, it's going to be in the same place that you are right now. You're watching us up and down the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and all around the globe on YouTube.com backslash DT and on Facebook.com backslash DT. And of course, you're listening on internet live streaming radio on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. So however you're connected to us, thank you so much for tuning into the show People have been patiently impatient waiting for this conversation to be had. And we have had many conversations over, I think, 11 years. I know it's 10, maybe 11 years with Mr. Rob Drummond. We are picture in picture with Rob. And we are picture in picture with Rob because Rob is the most tech savvy person that I know. Drum, how are we doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Minus the dumb <laughs> Part. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we, you and I have talked uh, so many times over the years. We've spoken on so many different things and, you know, covered many, many topics when it comes to Syracuse football. And we are here this morning. Syracuse is in search of their new head coach. They decided to let Dino Babers go. Uh, eight, almost a full eight seasons in uh, minus one game, which is going to happen right after Thanksgiving this week on Saturday, November 25th. Your immediate reaction and thoughts on the change at this time? Um, you know, as, as, as a, oh gosh, as a former Division One athlete, you know, professional athlete for, you know, for multiple years, things of the nature, you know, you always, it always doesn't feel good when the coach loses his job, you know, but, 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 you know, but, but the culture, the change, you know, you know, it's, it's just things like that just happen. You know, I always say, you know, when you talk to Dino Babers, he's a very personable, very likable guy, you know, he's a, he's a great, great person. He just wasn't the right coach for the, for the system, you know, to deal with this culture here in Syracuse, you know, and, and it was time for us to make a change. It was time for us to get back to where we felt, we felt comfortable enough to be able to go out there and, and be competitive and, you know, and be, and be, and be what, what what I don't want to be, you know, and I don't, you know, and congrats to Georgia Tech for, you know, for making themselves bowl eligible, you know, but after that game, you know, I sat there and watched on TV where the Georgia Tech players were, you know, pretty much, you know, open, like, 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 or I always say, like popping champagne, smoking, mm-hmm. smoking cigars. You just thought they won the national championship. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh my God, you're just going to a bowl game. You know, I mean, being average, being mediocre is what you, you know, what you aspire to accomplish. And that just wasn't me. 
No, I either want to be a champion or I want to lose because I want to learn from that loss. I want to have that loss burn so it's going to give me the fire to get better next year. If, if all you want to do is, you know, if, if your goal is just to get to a bowl game, you're always going to remain average. You're always going to remain the bottom of the barrel of, of the barrel of no program. And that's not what I want for Syracuse. Yeah, you know, and, and you bring up a point of, you know, and I say it all the time on the show, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And it, it seems like it, we we live in a society now where some teams in this sports world are just want to make a bowl game. If we make a bowl yeah, game, we'll be yeah, okay. That's, that's the society, the way it is now. It's just like, you know, all these teams, you know, just get, I mean, they don't mind going six and six. I find that a problem. You know, going six and six means you're average. Why did you train so hard? Why did you work so hard in the offseason to, you know, to sit there and accept going six and six? No. Eight wins, nine wins, ten wins, competing for the national championship. That should be your goals and aspirations. Yeah, it's cool to go to a bowl game, but don't aspire. And don't, and don't applaud yourself doing that because that's just average. Now you're applauding yourself just being just like the rest of the mix. I always, want to, I always want to separate myself from the crowd and be different and be better. You know, so maybe that's just me. Maybe that, that kind of attitude has been lost, lost in this generation, but that's me and that's the attitude I'm always going to go with the rest of my life. Yeah, you know, and here once again with Rob Drummond, a Syracuse Orange football NFL and CFL alum. So, I mean, to, to echo your sentiments, like you said, it's never good to see somebody lose their job. It's never something that, you know, you, you want to see happen. And what I uh, definitely uh, can appreciate is a bunch of these student athletes, and you know that my relationships with them are, are very important to me. And uh, very strong over many, many years. And I saw a lot of messages going out yesterday of these student athletes unprovoked sending out these messages to Dino with pictures of Dino saying, you know, I'll always ride with you. You're always going to be my coach. What, is oh, yeah. it, what does it mean to you to see that from the student athletes? You know, as I said before, Dino's a very, very personal, I mean, personal guy. You know, he got he got along with the athletes. You know, you know, try, try to interject interject himself into into their community. You know, as, as much as he possibly could. You know, he was basically a good mentor for him. Yeah. But as I said before, it takes a different kind of coach to coach here at Syracuse University, because the city of Syracuse is an entirely different entity. It's not one of these large major markets. You know, like you know, like a, like an Alabama or or a USC or a UCLA or an LSU. You know, we're a small, you know, Nick community. That, that loves its sports and you know when, when you when you ignore that aspect of the community of Syracuse you know you get lost and you'll get lost fast yeah. I think Dino, one of Dino's major problems when he first came in was he distanced himself from an alumni because he wanted to do it his way his own way I understand that I respect that but Syracuse is not the kind of you know environment that you can come in and do something like that because you know football really in this city this city football basketball sports in general it's all we have and the people really want to, to, to latch on to something so they can feel part of it. Yeah. There are no local kids on the team, so how can a city that loves its sports, you know, feel a part of it? You know what I mean? I mean at least with at least with lacrosse, we have Gary Gates, a Syracuse legend. With women's basketball, we have Felicia Leggett, a Syracuse legend. Yeah. With men's basketball, you know, mm -hmm. we have Adrian Autry, a Syracuse legend. Oh, am I repeating myself? You know, you know, you notice the intangibles there, or the common denominator. Yeah. All went to Syracuse. All understand the city. All have, I mean, like all have been here for multiple years. Felicia was born and raised here, so that's the common denominator. Denominator that can get a city behind you. And without without any city support, 
you're not you're never going to be successful in that city being a coach or whatever you ever attempt to try to do. Yeah, you know, and and you, I mean, you said it, and it's something that you and I talked about year in and year out. Is that Dino didn't seem to ever build a home here, no matter how long he was here. It there there was this, and, and you and I have discussed this at length many many times. We had asked for Dino to do three things for many years, and those three things were run the ball, which I think he kind of was forced to do at one point because of Sean. And then recruit locally and attach yourself to the alumni, get to know the alumni, bring them back in. He ran the ball. He didn't recruit locally that much. I guess you can say he started to a little bit toward the end because he did go to CBA's campus. He did offer Sire Torrance. He did have his staff put invites out there for some CBA guys, but ultimately, you know, did they feel the, did they feel that love? Did they feel that appreciation? Uh, what does it mean to them when they have 20 plus schools come to Christian brothers Academy and they get a bunch of offers and Syracuse invites them out to a game, but they don't have an offer yet. So, I mean, and these are division one, a schools, these are FBS schools. So, and there's a bunch of schools that were in the quote unquote power conferences that are offering these young men at Christian Brothers Academy right down the road from Syracuse. So there's that side of it that never connected. And then there's the alumni side of it that didn't connect. Some alumni would say to me, hey, you know, we felt good. We felt appreciated. But the overwhelming majority that came on my show didn't feel that way. And my dad, when I was talking to him about the undefeated season that you had in 87 with Donnie Mack and the crew, when we had that conversation, my dad said to me yesterday, he said, did they ever honor them? Did they ever think that that was important? And I said, yeah, not in the 10 year, not in the 20 year, 30 years later, they did it. And I said, Rob stood in the tunnel with Syracuse Athletic Communications. And he said, it's about damn time. And then they made you guys sit, I believe, behind the Pittsburgh bench or something. They didn't let you sit with Syracuse. They put you on the other side of the field. You know, and it's just, it, it, it gets to a point where, you know, my, my one big thing where I really stayed away from Syracuse and, you know, and, 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 and like during Dino, Dino Baper's tenure was that, you know what, and I, and I tell my children this, it's like, you know what, never go to a place where you feel unwelcome. Yeah. You know, and I, and, I, and, and, and all the years and all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears I put up on that university, not to just make myself, you know, better myself, but to make my university, you know, my college and my city a much better place. You know, just felt, you know, it was just... It was just brushed off, you know, and, and, and as if it wasn't important, as if he wanted to do his own way, which is fine. But it's like, you know what, but don't expect us as former players and everything to come around and support you also. We'll always support those kids. Those are those are, those are our brothers, but you as coaches, you don't get it. This is a city. We're, we're a tight-knit community, you know, and I, I had um I had dinner uh, this past Monday with uh, with Donnie McPherson and Dr. Jeff Magnum, who, uh, who uh, Jeff Magnum, who actually played uh, football Teams are the strong safety for me at Syracuse. You know, we, we talked about everything in Syracuse football and the city and just what we saw being, you know, going wrong. And this is way before Dino Babers um, was, ever, um, was ever let go from Syracuse. But we talked about how he lost the ideology of the, of the culture. You know, and, and I won't go into, like, long into the conversation, but we got into the conversation speaking about, you know, Donnie started talking about the Heisman, you know, and how, and how he doesn't think he deserved it. You know, but I, I sat here and told them, it's like, you know, Donnie, my, 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 here, here's my here's my take on that conversation that me and Donnie had, you know, that night. 
My take was Donnie should have won the Heisman because he was the best leader in the country that year. Yes, he was surrounded by myself, Daryl Johnson, Michael Owens, you know, Pat Kelly, Teddy Gregory, you know, Terry Wooden. I can go Pat Davis, you know, I mean, Tommy King. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the athletes that were on that team that got drafted <laughs> into the NFL, you know, because we were elite back then. Yeah. You know, so he was surrounded by, you know, major talent. But, you know, but granted, he may not think that he wanted winning the Heisman, but the way he led us, which taught us how to be leaders, you know, very humble, very charismatic, very respectable, you know, every intangible that you could check off, you know, for, for winning the Heisman, you know, because it's not just the best player, it's the, it's the best leader also. And that's what he was in my eyes, you know, because I learned a lot from him. Yeah, you know, and I, I believe that season, Donnie Mac uh, in 1987 set 22 records yeah. or more than 22 records. He yeah. led the led the led all of college football in passing. He was the winner of the uh, Maxwell Award. He was the winner of the Davy O'Brien Award. He was the winner of the first Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. So, you know, I and the runner up in the Heisman that season. 11-0-1, because back then you could tie in a bowl game. Yeah. You, you know, back back then when you look at that, I put my list together of coaching candidates, and I put it together with background, with purpose, with I don't just throw names on the wall and try to, like, sensationalize something and get people to look at my stuff. So there was purpose as to why I put those names on there. One of the names I put on there was Don McPherson. Why do you think Don McPherson would be a good coach having not been a coach? He's done so much in the community. He's connected in so many different ways. He's not a coach now, but do you think that he could fit? <laughs> I think Donnie would make a great coach for the simple fact that, Donnie, as I said before, Donnie's a great leader. Donnie understands it. Donnie gets it. You know, the reason we went 11 and 0 that year, which people don't understand, is because of him. Is because of his toolage, because of his leadership. You know, there there's not at one point any time during that season, you know, that we ever thought that we were going to lose a game because of him. Hell, we were we were down by two touchdowns, you know, going into halftime against Virginia Tech. We came back and ended up beating him. We were down 17 points in the first quarter against against um, Pittsburgh that year. Ended up came, coming back and scoring the next 48 points because of him. You know, when you have when you have a leader or you have somebody, you know, who just leads by example and is so charismatic and gets other people to follow his lead, that's the kind of coach you want. It doesn't matter. You can have, I mean, we, we can bring in the highest price, high profile coach, coach you want to in the world here in the Syracuse. Just look across the country. These are, all, all, all these coaches aren't working out with like these, these major institutions that they're going to. Jimbo Fisher, who is a well-recognized coach, you know, who's everybody talking about his name also. There's a reason Texas, you know, Texas A&M gave him $75 million a lead. Think about that. They gave yeah. him $75 million to leave. Hmm. He was 6-5. and five, You know, yes, they expect excellence. But at that point, if you're getting money like that, you're not doing the, you know, you're not doing the job, you know, that, that you need to do. Do we really need a, I mean, a $10 million coach to come into Syracuse and change the environment, change the atmosphere? That's not going to do it. You need a coach, that, a coach that understands Syracuse, that understands the culture, that understands the city, that understands the, that you can create players and players are developed. I wasn't a four, you know, a four or five star recruit. I was probably a one or two star recruit by their standards coming, you know, coming out of high school. And look what I turned myself into. 
Donnie will tell you the same thing. Tommy yeah. Kane will tell you the same thing. Rob Moore will tell you the same thing. I can go on and on and on for the list of guys we had who were average guys that came into college because of the, you know, because of the tutelage we had in Coach Pasqualoni, Coach Max, Coach Maxwell, Coach Yuris, Ivan Beers, Randy Etzel. I can go on and on and on about the coaches that developed us and made us believe in ourselves and allowed us to become great. That's what you need in a coach. You know, and you, and you talk about that, and when when I ask about Donnie Mack, and you know, you describe the fact that that he knows, he understands. He was also, you know, when people talk about the glory days and getting back to the glory days, and remember when Syracuse was good. That last time that Syracuse was not good, Syracuse was great, was with you guys. It was with yeah. your team that you're describing. It was led by Don McPherson back when the team was that good. It was back then. So who better to know what it's like and how to get there than somebody who led the team there. I want to go and you said no on the Jimbo Fisher. And I want to let people know I put him on the list because he's a phone call that to me, Syracuse should make at least to show, Hey, we're serious about this. You know, we want to, we want a coach who's, proven that they can win. We want a coach who's won a national championship. We want a coach who's vied for things. I think that Jimbo Fisher gets let go from Texas A&M for the reason why a lot of coaches get let go from the SEC. Their goals are so inflated. I mean, Rob, you look at it. Every single year, except for this season, he beat a team ranked in the top 25. He beat Alabama. He coached a game to defeat number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide which many coaches, most coaches can say that they've never done ever in the history of their career. He did it in his first four years at Texas A&M. The games that he won, absolutely incredible. And, you know, when you look at it, to me, I do. I, I wrote this. I wrote the story of him being fired from Texas A&M the day he left Florida State, because no matter what you do, your job inside of the SEC is to beat Alabama and or Georgia right now because the way they're playing beat Alabama and or Georgia, win an SEC championship and vie for a national title. But you're getting hired to places where the it's not there, right? In so many cases, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, Florida, LSU, the, the schools are not in a place right now where they're going to vie for that championship. And they tell a coach, hey, if you don't win a championship in three years, peace out. We're talking about national championship. But in the case of Syracuse, they're not saying that. I mean, look at the juxtaposition that you brought up there. It's like, hey, you better win a national championship. We don't care if you get nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. We need to vie for a championship. If you're at Syracuse, they're like, hey, let's get six wins and go to a bowl game. You get to keep the limitations that you fight for. But shouldn't the objective of every young athlete coming into the season in August, you know, we're reporting for training camp and everything, to be able to put yourself in in the position to be able to compete for a championship? Yeah. Is a bowl game a championship? No. No. Not at all. So if, if so you're limiting yourselves. If you are already sitting there and thinking about it, it's like, oh gosh, let's go six and six and get to a bowl game. How does that benefit you? Yay, congratulations. Mediocrity? No. Your 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 objective, no matter where you start from the back and you start from the front, should be to sit there and you know, strategize and win every possible game you possibly can and get better. Year after year after year, you need to get better. Syracuse did not get better. They didn't get better in recruiting. They didn't get better in their, co- in their coaching staff. They got better in nothing. And they stayed the same. They stayed stagnant. I 
mean, I mean, as I saw I mean, uh, uh, a highlight of, of Coach Faber's uh, record in the ACC over the past year, I, was, I mean, I didn't know it was that bad. I was like, wow. It's like, you know what? You get, like a game like Georgia Tech, that's a winnable game. You need to win games like that in year eight. Yeah. I can see maybe year one, maybe year two. Okay, you're getting new. You're getting used to it. You have to adjust. You have to learn. But he did absolutely, he didn't change. It stayed the same. And we talked about this the other day. You know, what, what, you know what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same Doing thing the over same and over again. Over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's what we were doing. You know, it's like a hamster running in a wheel or a gerbil running in a wheel or any type of road running in a wheel. Running in place, going as fast as they can and going absolutely nowhere. That's what we were doing. So change is good. But what they're going to have to do, and I'm telling you right now, as someone who, who's able to travel between both worlds, and by that I mean I'm a Tommy. I'm proud to be a Tommy. And by a Tommy, I mean someone who's, who's, a, who's a local, born and raised kid who went to a university, a major university that's in a city. They always called me Tommy at Syracuse. You know, and, and, but, but in saying that, you know, I, I have pride in my football team. I have pride in my city. You know, so, so, so it's guys like me that are going to go out there, you know, and, 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 and I know, because I know from experience, I'm going to get every single day for four years of Syracuse, I gave you 150%, not just in games, but in practice. I tell people this all the time. There were times, I mean, because of it, I'm, I'm from Syracuse. I went to JD High School. I would turn around and I would be so down on myself because I made a mistake. And I literally, this is during practice. I literally would turn around and look up in the stands and there were, there were anywhere between 15, 15 to 25 people sitting in the stands. Oh, it's going to be okay, Robert. You know, we got your back. You know, just just applaud me along. Coming up there to watch practice and show their support. And that's what drives kids to be great. How do I know? Because it drove me to be great also. Scott Sweeties will tell you the same thing. Will Allen will tell you the same thing. Tim Green will tell you the same thing. Chris Gedney will tell you the same God rest his soul. Would have told you the same thing. Guys that were born and raised here, that get their blood, sweat, and tears, that will always give you 110% are the guys that you need on your team to bond around. Just ask those guys how they felt about me as a player being here from Syracuse and playing on that team. Well, Coach he, Matthews always said, like, man, you're the heart and soul because you'll go out there and get 110%. Yeah. The same thing. You know I mean? Like, honest question. And I'm telling you honest things now because, man, no big, no big deal. But my, my, like my, my, the year I was being recruited to Syracuse, I had decided to go to Syracuse early, you know. But but at that point, you know, I didn't realize about you know about about you know going on college visits and things of that nature, you know. So I was like, you know what, I want to be. They're paying for it. I want to go on more college visits. And, and I remember telling my mother, like, Mom, say, you know what, I I, I want to go on more college visits. I mean, I don't, I don't want to decommit or anything, but I just like I want to take these other college visits. I mean, I want to I want to travel. You know, I mean, young college kids don't know about traveling. So, but it, but then I, I remember um. I had to tell Coach Matt, it's like, you know, that, that I wanted to, you know, I wasn't decommitting, but I wanted to take other college business. And yeah. I remember Coach Matt sitting down, you know, I, 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 talking to me on the phone. This was before I went to school that day, uh, that morning. Coach Matt said, let me ask you, Robert, you know, what's the reason you want to take these other trips to go and visit other schools? And I said, and, and, I, and I, no, excuse me, I, I apologize. He said to me, what's the reason that you chose Syracuse so early, you know, you know as, as your first school, your school of choice? And I told him. I told Syracuse because my mother went to school here, you know, and I'm a mama's boy, and I think it would be great, me personally, to have a degree from the same college as my mother. And, and Coach Max said, you have my blessing. Go, you know, go, go, go in, uh, go and take all the trips you want. And years later, he told me, he's like, you know, you, you know what? I mean, I didn't, like, I didn't quit at you, or I didn't yell at you or say anything to you about you wanting to go and take, take on these extra trips. 
I was like, no, nah, why didn't you? I mean, I thought you would have pushed out. He's like, nah. It's like the bond you have between you and your mother, I, yeah, I knew there's nothing these schools could have done to, to, to break that bond. You were going to go with what was in your heart. You know, not the flash of a USC or the flash of a Penn State or the flash of a Tennessee or the flash of a Boston College or the other schools I went to. But I was like, nah, 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 nah. I just wanted to go for the trips. But in my heart, I knew where I wanted to go. Yeah. Because I wanted to be home. I wanted to play in front of my family. When people play in front of their family and friends and it feels like home to them, they're going to give you 150% all the time. Yeah. All the time. We're, 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 missing, we're missing the goal. Sebastian Dennis was on, you know, was on television yesterday. Now, national stage, Sir, a missed Syracuse opportunity. But Davius Murray on national television the other day, a missed Syracuse opportunity. opportunity. Mike Hart, Dorsey Levens. I can go on and on and on about the opportunities we missed by not recruiting local. The first thing you need to do as any coach or any athletic director or any program, whatever you do, take care of home first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you and I, you are. To take care of home first. You have to. And I mean, you and I have talked about this a bunch of times, and I have belabored this point uh, many, many times. I've had people, you know, verbally uh, attack me on social media because I said, I think Syracuse should recruit locally. And, you know, I I think it's one of the things that, that I had sat and kind of seen and thought to myself, if one of the things in my life that people hate me for is the fact that I protect and honor the children of Syracuse and Central and Upstate New York, then attack and treat me like garbage because I'm not going to disrespect and leave aside the the CBAs, the CNSs, the Liverpools, the Baldwinvilles, the, the West Genesees the Aquinas Institute in Rochester. I, I'm not in, and I'm just naming a few, a main end well, Union Endicott. By the way, I mean, if if there's not talent, Union Endicott is where the Jones brothers came from, Arthur and Chandler. What did they do? Uh, they won Super Bowls. I mean, you look at, you brought up Latavius Murray, a Tyler Rouse from Beville, Tyler Days from CNS, Mike Washington Jr., who's playing right now from CNS. You know, you look at CBA, John Phillips went to BC, Noah Jordan-Williams went to BC. We we talk about, you know, you, you brought up Latavius Murray, who comes to us and, and who could have come to Syracuse, who allegedly wanted to come to Syracuse after his first year at UCF. And George O'Leary told me, said, I called up Doug Marone. And I told him, I said, Doug, he wants to play for you. He wants to leave. You know, he was homesick. And Doug thought he was joking and hung up on him. And then Latavius Murray goes to the NFL. He's still in the NFL, like you mentioned. Servasier Dennis was not recruited by Syracuse. He was not given an offer by Syracuse. And he wins multiple Linebacker of the Week awards in the ACC. He goes to two ACC championship games. Syracuse has never been to one. He wins an ACC championship. Syracuse has never won one. He goes to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. When has Syracuse played in a New Year's Six Bowl in the last multiple decades? So, but he wasn't good enough, right? To according to them, and then you look at Stevie Scott. You know what'd you say? They said apparently I wasn't good enough. Also, Scott's crazy for good enough. Also, just getting enough. We go on and on and on. At at some point, you need to realize developing talent. Developing talent is what creates stars. And then, but now, you know, now I have an athlete who I know playing for Syracuse. Other than, you know, I mean, I get it. Other than the social media aspect of, you know, 
What's the worst outside? If you're being close home and getting in trouble as a coach, you can take care of that. But he's going to give you 150% every single time. When he said, when he turned, when he's able to turn around every single, every single game, every single practice, and see family, and see friends, see people cheering him on, see people understanding that you know it's not just his journey or her journey; it's the entire town's journey. Then he'll change, and he'll give you, he'll be, he'll become just like me. I mean, I really got to do a point now. Where I would love to do a show where we bring out some of the young kids that, that are, some of the kids that I train that are, that are, that are new football players that are going to be actual stars. And I, and I, I don't. I say that lightly from the simple fact that I don't like I don't like putting a kid in the position to make him feel that it's like you know you're talented you're you're so you're super talented because they get to a point where they start believing it. I don't want them to believe it. I want them to always keep working hard. But some of these kids are so talented, it's 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 hard for me to hold back my you know I mean because I've told about four or five kids at your age right now at your level you're way more talented than I ever was. Yeah. There's like four, I'm not joking. There's five kids that, are, that I say I say to, I say to myself. I don't mean I and I'll casually say it to somebody who I'm close and things of that nature. But I'll say they will be playing on Sundays. They're that good. But it just takes more than just talent. It yeah. takes a good mentor. It takes good teachers. It takes being in the right situation. It takes so much. But they have the talent as long as it's fostered. But as long as they have me sitting there on top of them being there, they'll be fine. But but during a situation, I would have never told them to go to Syracuse. Because of the, the whole Baber situation. Love Baber as a, as a human being, as a person, just didn't feel right about his coaching style and how he just shunned or shied away from the city and, you know, and just shied away from the local kids and things of that nature. I, I yeah. never got it. If, 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 if I were a coach or I were a part of the staff or anything of that nature, I'd make sure I take care of Syracuse first. I mean, all these NIL deals, things of that nature, would be going to a local kid that the city's going to support. They're going to support their own. How do I know? <laughs> I'm one of them. Yeah. You know, so I, and I know from experience. So you, you have to give people, in my, I mean, it would have been great, you know, if, you know, if, uh, so, you know, so, 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 went to Syracuse here. Sire Torrance went to Syracuse here. Oh, I mean, somebody who we can personally cheer for inside and feel great about. Well, and the thing is, is if Syracuse was struggling in the dome, if they were having a tough game, if they didn't have a great season, if they were four and eight, you know who doesn't leave? Parents of the kids that are on the team, yeah. grandparents yeah. of the kids, aunts and uncles, yeah. brothers and sisters. You know, if a team and this is this is how I look at it. If desperately trying to get the fifth or sixth best best option in Florida, a, a place where everybody's recruiting is not that's not the Syracuse way. It's not going to make Syracuse successful. I mean, you're going to pull some guys in and that's great. But the reality of it all is the only players that are coming to Syracuse as of right now from the state of Florida are the players that had their scholarships taken away from other schools or the kids that were not recruited at all. That That's what happens. You're not beating Florida State. You're not even if Florida's struggling, you're not beating Florida. You're not beating Miami. You're not beating UCF. And honestly, when you look at FIU and FAU and these kids are thinking, well, I could stay down here in Florida, play in paradise if I'm at FAU. I'm in Boca Raton. Or I could go up and, you know, I've never been through snow and it's 20 degrees outside. The, the reality of it all is Syracuse in the state of Florida is not going to get the best players 99% of the time. But if you are in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Vermont, New Hampshire, you have a chance of getting the best players. 
because they're in the Northeast. They know what it's like. They understand the elements. They want to be here. They want to be close to home. They want their family to be able to come to the games. It's it's not rocket science that most coaches use something called to the five to six hour radius. They they become a head coach wherever they are, and they draw a circle five to six hours outside of their campus. And they say, we need to own this circle. And yeah, we might grab a guy, like if you're in Syracuse and you do this six hour radius, we might grab a couple guys from Florida. We might get somebody from Georgia. We might get somebody from California. But in that six hour radius, Syracuse has proven with guys like you and all of the people that you name, Scott Schwedes, Tim Green, and you know, so on and so forth. You know, you look at Donnie Mack, he's within that six hour radius from Brooklyn. It's, it's not anything that successful coaches aren't doing when you come to Syracuse and you say, I'm not going to recruit Syracuse. I'm not going to recruit New Jersey. I'm not going to recruit Maryland. I'm not going to recruit Pennsylvania. I'm not going to recruit New Hampshire. I'm not going to recruit Vermont. I have to be big in Texas, big in Georgia, big in Florida. Well, guess who, guess who's doing that? So many, and you know, who's doing it well, all of the Texas schools, all of the Georgia schools, all of the Florida schools, all of the Carolina schools, you might pull a kid or two from that, you, you know, it's, but, but the whole thing. And like I said, you know, I've had people verbally attack me. And I said, I didn't ask Syracuse to bring in a hundred players from Syracuse. I said, you can't take three. You can't find four. You can't find one Riley Dixon. Where is he? Oh, I'm sorry. He's in the NFL. Mackie McPherson, who was told that he was too small in three of his four seasons, led the team to have a thousand yard back with him as the center. Justin Pugh was called to the NFL this season off a couch. And where did JP come from? The Northeast. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science to see this. It's not difficult to understand it. It's what coaches do. And so you and I saying recruit local kids, you know, the backlash of people laughing and saying you're stupid and there's no talent here. I mean, Rob, I'm sorry, but I don't think you and I are ever in a place where we're going to be comfortable not pushing the narrative that there's no talent here and at the same time not taking care of these kids. We're not saying recruit kids that aren't good at the sport. We're saying recruit the Latavius Murrays, the Servassier Dennises, recruit Greg Paulus the first time around, recruit the people that actually have the talent and the ability to make it there instead of just saying that there's nobody here. And I don't, I don't, I feel like at this point, if you say that there's no talent in the state of New York and there's nobody that comes out of Syracuse, I mean, I'm, I'm picture in picture with one of the greatest running backs to come out of Syracuse in the top three for yards per carry at Syracuse and for running backs that had at least 300 carries at Syracuse, Rob Drummond is second only to Ernie Davis because Tim, Jim Brown had 192 carries despite having over, you know, having one of the best yards per carry. If we're talking 300 yard, 300 carries in a career at Syracuse, at least Rob Drummond is number two. And Rob Drummond came from Syracuse, New York out of Jamesville DeWitt. So I mean, what are we saying when people are, are pushing the narrative that there's no talent in the city? That's the craziest. As I, as I said before, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I go to sports games, I mean, I, whether it be football, basketball, soccer, whatever it may be. I try and go and see these kids and these local talented kids here in Syracuse as much as I can. And, and what's coming down the pipeline, pipeline I, say, I, I say this now in sports, 
it's some talented young individuals coming through, you know, and, and I look at Syracuse now and I say, man, man, the, dark, the, the year, the best record Syracuse ever had, even a 10 the 10 and 0, you know, undefeated, the 59 national championship team, they were 10 and 0. We were 11 and 0. We, we mean, like, so it can be broken, but no one can ever break, no one can ever take, take away the fact that we have the best record ever in Syracuse going undefeated, 11 on 1. Starting back, starting back though. Long Island, Buffalo, Syracuse, Donnie McPherson, Daryl Johnson, myself, all from New York, Michael Orange, Pennsylvania, Tommy Kane, Canada, DeVal Glover, New York, from, from, from Troy, Troy, New York, you know, Rob, Rob Moore, Long Island, Pat Kelly, I mean, Rochester, Pat Davis, Ewing, New Jersey. I mean, I, I can go out like the set up the offensive line also. Gary McCumming, we happen to have out this from Colorado. You know, where, where's Turnell? I think Turnell is from Ohio. Not sure where, where, where T was from. I, I had to call him out. So he, he would kill me if he thought I was going down. He was <laughs> oh, he's, he's listening this morning, Rob, and he said nice things about you, so you better know where he's from. T lived behind me on Winding Ridge. Well, where did, where did you say he was from? Ohio. Yeah, he's from Cle- he's from Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, turn Turnell. There was a glitch in the uh, broadcast, and when you thought you heard Rob said he thinks you're from, he actually said he knows you're from Ohio. So. I do want to let you know that that Turnell uh, did respond, and uh, and so <laughs> let me go let me go up to what Turnell said. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. He said he said damn right, stop it now, and then he laughed a lot here. So uh, and then Bruce Williams, uh, another guy from Central New York, you know. So Bruce Williams, uh, who was just on the show uh, last week, said this. Uh, Agree with you both. Recruit Syracuse in New York at least one third of the program should be built from New York kids and built out of that six hour radius. You could still recruit places like Florida, Georgia, Texas, Cali, but a third New York, uh, two thirds, six hour radius. We'll never have a depth issue, all personal thoughts on the topic. And, you know, to me, Rob, when we look at that, I mean, that's, that's real deal. And one of the guys that I put on my list as well, for many reasons, not, I don't, again, folks, I don't shock jock my picks. I did not put that, board of coaching potential candidates out there without purpose. I will say that again. Steve Adazio, when he was at when he was at Boston College, 
of those players on his team, 80% came from a six-hour radius. Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. He had, you know, I think one guy from Germany and two guys from Florida and one guy from California. Same thing that Bruce is saying, but 80%. And I've got some people in the feed talking about this, you know, uh, you know, stating, you know, is it is is it right? Are you going to win that way? Well, Boston, and, and I have some people kind of knock Steve Adazio here in the feed today. Steve Adazio went to a, he made his, his team was bowl eligible at Boston College every single season, but one season that he was there. They were bowl eligible the year that they let him go. So when, you know, I, when I look at Steve Adazio and this, I want to give some background on Steve Adazio because I know people are going to say, oh, he coached at BC and they didn't win a national championship. Well, no Syracuse coach has won a national championship since the 50s. So, I mean, let's be real about this stuff. And Adazio's record was far better than that, Mike. He coached for over eight seasons. But looking at Steve Adazio, here are my reasons. And I put them out in my story. And I knew that people were going to give me backlash for saying Steve Adazio because nobody does the research. Steve Adazio started his football coaching career at Syracuse. He was hired by Coach P. And so when you go back and look at this, his ties with Syracuse go back more than three decades. He was hired to be a tight ends coach, then an offensive line coach. He would go on to Notre Dame, Indiana, and Florida Gators, and then he would, as an assistant, then he would become a head coach with the Temple Owls, the Boston College Eagles, and the Colorado State Rams. Most recently, he was working under Jimbo Fisher, and he's still at Texas A&M, so he's back in the SEC. Now, when you look at Steve Adazio, he's never lost his ties to Syracuse and Central and Upstate New York. He loves the area, has kept his eye on the talent, and consistently recruited the talent no matter where he has been. And when he's been a head coach, including most recently at Colorado State, he was recruiting Mike Washington Jr. from CNS. He was the first to offer Mike Washington Jr. from CNS of any school anywhere in America. He's clearly seen Syracuse and the state of New York having quality football student-athletes and on his teams, he has had the likes of guys that I have mentioned before, like Tyler Rouse, the Baldwinsville Bees, Tyler Days of CNS, John Phillips of Christian Brothers Academy, Noah Jordan-Williams of Christian Brothers Academy. He's kept his connection to Coach P as well and hired Coach P to join him at Boston College for a couple seasons. So when you look at deep roots, when you look at Steve Adazio has recruited the area arguably better than any coach in America in the last couple decades. On top of that, you know, so you look at recruiting the area, you look at the ties he has, you look at the love for Syracuse. You don't have to sell Syracuse to him. He doesn't need to get a massive contract to come to Syracuse. He's loved the community. He loves Coach P and he has connections to the alumni and he would bring back a staff that would feature Syracuse Orange football alumni. So this whole like, look at his record. He won eight games. He won seven games. His ties to Syracuse speak to the fact that he has been a fantastic Syracuse coach that's never been a Syracuse coach when you look at a head coach. He's a guy who loves the community, loves the alumni, loves Coach P, loves the history, respects the history, and knows exactly who Syracuse is and knows how to recruit the area and understands the area and doesn't need to be taught to love the area. So, Rob, why would Steve Adazio be a bad pick? He wouldn't be a bad pick at all. He'd actually be a very, very smart, very intelligent pick. Like, as you said before, hiring these high-priced, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollar coaches a year, you know, it's not working out. 
look at these other schools. You know, so, what, so what? Maybe we don't have the money to have a $75 million buyout for a coach, but they bought the coach out. You know, with their expectations. You know, just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you're a good coach. You need a coach needs to be a facilitator. He needs to be a great leader. Yeah. He needs to be somebody that delegates what it is he needs. He needs to do. You know, surround yourself with people who are just who are just as smart as you because they make you look better. A coach needs to put people in position to make himself look better. You know, and then whether it be, whether it be recruiting, going to the community, things of that nature. I, I, oh gosh, let's see. I think in eight years, I possibly met five or six of Dino Babers coaches. Yeah. Not just this year. But that's entirely. Yeah. Even when I went to the camp, I, was, I, I met. I mean, I, I met five or six, five or six of his coaches. Yeah. That's insane to me. But hey, as I said before, it's like you know what? I mean, I'm I'm behind the scenes now. I mean, I'm I'm a legend. You know, I'm I'm done with the game of football, but I still love my orange football, and I still do anything that possibly helps them. But as I said before, I never just want I never want to you know you know to invade anybody's space, and I definitely was not going to go where I didn't feel welcome. So I stayed away. If it wasn't for Deion Mattis, I really never would have went up there. You know, but Deion Maddox is what? He's one of us. He's a former player. As a former player, we always have to look out for our brothers. Those are our brothers, regardless. And we'll do anything we, in, our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our in our power to try, to try and help them. And that's just not me saying it. All the former players feel that way. If you play for Syracuse, you're a legacy. You're a brother. We do what we can to help one another. We always will, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue to do that. That's what I said. You get, you get, you get a, a former player in there who, 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 can, who understands the dynamics of someone like myself. What do I understand? I understand the dynamics of athleticism and uh, the athletes here in Syracuse. And I can tell you that, like, I can tell you the vibe between the university and the city, and it's not good right now. Yeah, it's not good enough. Oh gosh, it's yeah. bad. Well, and that's the thing is, you and I have talked about it before. Is is that? Syracuse, the university, is so detached from Syracuse, the city, that it it almost feels like the man in the high castle. You know, I mean it. It feels it feels it feels as if there's a fortress on the top of a hill that nobody's allowed into. I mean, I remember being at a very recently. You know, you and I it wasn't this season; it was last season. And you and I, Turnell, Pat Davis, Blake Bednars, and so on and so forth. My man Isaac, uh, we were we were all in the West lot after the game tailgating, and you guys were all sitting there saying, you know, we don't feel welcome in there, but we feel good here. And it was there was this reality that like all of these Syracuse Orange football alumni, like I said to Isaac, I was like, I feel spoiled. I'm walking in to have burgers and hot dogs with like the Kings, the, 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 the awesome, incredible talent that Syracuse had. And we're not in the dome. We're hanging out right here. You know, we're, we're having fun here. And that was an emotional day for me. It was an emotional day for you because you guys were looking at the dome saying like, we built that place, but we feel more welcome sitting in this parking lot. Which, Say that all the time. There, there are a lot of times I'll, I'll go to I'll go to certain games, but I'll, but I'll leave early, you know, because you know, it's, it's just frustrating. It's, it's hard for me to watch being someone who gave who gave so much to you know to the university when I played games and just, and just to watch what I see and know that it's wrong. 
it's hard to watch. So I, I'd go to a local bar or a local restaurant, you know, and I'd sit there with Trish, you know, and, and, and you know, I'd be, I'd be eating, I'd be sitting, and, and people would recognize me, you know, because of football and everything. It's like, Robert Trevor, why aren't you at the game? I was like, you know what? And I would always say, I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather spend time with the real, you know, the real fans of Syracuse, you know, and that's the people, the hardworking people who sit here, come every day, who sat, who sat there and supported me. You know, so I'd rather be with you guys and, and go to a dome and be around a bunch of people who don't, who don't appreciate it. And I didn't, I didn't, I mean, and I didn't mean the fans that were already at the dome, but I just meant like the coaching staff and you know, just the culture there. It's just like we didn't, never felt welcome on the base, and that was a problem. Never, never, never felt welcome at all in me. So it felt like that we had to, you know, pull teeth, you know, just to get him, to, you know, just to listen to us. It's like, dude, I'm not gonna do cartwheels just to, you know, just to try and talk to you. Or you should be reaching out to us. Why are we reaching out to you? Yeah. You're the one that needs needs help. Remember, we we've been there, done that. You're trying to get there. <laughs> you know? Well, Good well, and you know, and, and so I mean Steve Adazio is on that list and we talk about that and those ties and and you know, as we're talking about it, and I appreciate people's opinion opinions as long as you justify them and you're respectful, we can disagree. So Mike, I you know, I appreciate what you're writing in here today. The even though we don't necessarily agree with each other, it's just sending me Adazio's records. He did this and he did, you know, seven wins, eight wins, seven wins, six wins. So what I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying is, is like we have a feed here. And so people oh. are writing in say, and, and, and Mike, I responded to Mike because Mike had said he doesn't want Steve Adazio. They need to aim higher than Steve Adazio. He didn't do enough in wins and losses. Okay, so who would he suggest? Who does Mike gentleman suggest? Well, and that's the thing, and that's and that's to me what it comes down to. And somebody said this to me, and two people said this to me yesterday, and it was the craziest thing because they said the exact same thing and they don't even know each other. They said to me, Syracuse has to make a decision. Do they want to hire someone who will win a press conference or someone who will win in general? Who's going to win the locker room? Who's going to win with this team? And who's going to win the press conference? They need to decide which one they want. You're 100% correct. Because the people who win the press conference are going to win games. Yeah. People who win the locker room are going to, are, are going to win the city, you know, and, and win over the team and win games. Yeah. That's the difference. You know, sorry, if I know football. I lived it. I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan sitting over the stands just trying to sit there and oversee everything and just trying to make decisions. I was actually living through it, going through it. And then spend another 15 years of my life actually doing the same thing, you know, just trying to be a champion. I was a champion throughout my entire career for a reason. I understand what it takes to be a champion. I understand what it takes to be successful. I understand what it takes to work hard, work your butcher behind, you know, and, and, and be successful. I understand what it takes to be talented. I've done all that. I'm an expert at it. So I can see, you know, if, if, if I'm doing something wrong, I surrounded myself with Surrounded myself with someone like a Donnie McPherson, you know, or Pat Davis, or or Turnell, or Michael Owens, or Daryl Johnson, or Tommy Kane, or the Battle Club, or Rob Moore. I can go on and on and on. Guys that have played, not just on elite level teams in Syracuse, but in the NFL also. Yeah. Guys who got drafted into the NFL also. But these are elite athletes. Right, and you ask ask the guys that have been there before. (laughs) Right. And the thing and the one the common denominator of everything we're talking about this morning is when Syracuse was most successful, they had six hour radius. They had the state of New York. 
they had one stars, two stars, three stars, no stars. And, and you know, and, and when people are talking with me about this, Afatu Malafonwu, who's in the NFL right now, was not a five-star guy. Andre Sisco was not a five-star guy. Garrett Williams was not a five-star guy. Jay Bromley was a no-star guy, got drafted in the third round to the Giants. Justin Pugh was not a five-star guy. Daryl Moose Johnston was not a five-star guy. Rob Drummond wasn't a five-star guy. Tim Green wasn't a five-star guy. Scott Schwedes wasn't a five-star guy. Michael Owens wasn't a five-star guy. Like, how many times do we have to have the conversation, Donovan McNabb was not a five-star guy? So, I mean, the reality of it all is people are bucking this thing, trying to take what works at Syracuse and try and shove all this other stuff here. Five stars did not build Syracuse. Four stars did not build Syracuse. Flash did not build Syracuse. Smoke and mirrors did not build Syracuse. Syracuse was built on the backs of Northeast players who knew how to punch down, drag out, make you work for everything. You might beat Syracuse, but you are going to leave Syracuse with bruises and broken bones. Syracuse is something that is unique. It is different. It is blue collar. And I and I applaud Steve Adazio that when BC went into the ACC and Steve Adazio is coaching there, he said, this is what we're going to be. We've been all about running the ball and punching you in the mouth on defense. We're going to go to the ACC who doesn't do that, and we're going to keep doing that. The Big Ten, they do that. They punch in the trenches. They beat you in the trenches. And look at who's recruiting Syracuse. Look at who's recruiting Syracuse. BC and the Big Ten, the schools that are recruiting Syracuse New York, not Syracuse University, are the institutions that are doing the things that Syracuse has done for a million years. Run the ball, build the offensive line, punch you, punch you, punch you, beat you on defense, get you to turn the ball over, make you work for things. Syracuse knows who they are. And if you come to this conversation saying we need five stars, we need four stars, we need flash, we need somebody who's charismatic, we need to win the locker, or we not win the locker, we need to win the press conference. We need somebody who, you know, has no ties to Syracuse. We need fresh blood. We need a young guy. It's not about age. It's not about stars. It's not about anything other than the fact of do they know this city? Do they love this city? Do you have to sell them the city or have they already bought into it? And do they understand the history of Syracuse? Syracuse's best years have been doing the same thing. And even most recently, Syracuse fans got most excited about what? The year that Sean Tucker did what? Set a bunch of records doing what? Running the ball. My case has been proven in history. Rob and I tell you all these things, and you fight us, fight us, fight us, fight us, and then we end up being right anyways. So you can either listen to the people that were born and raised here, or you can say a bunch of gibberish that you think is going to work in any city. Everybody wants five stars. Everybody wants the flashy quarterback. Everybody wants blah, 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 blah. But the reality of it all is Ryan Leaf was highly, highly touted. What happened with Ryan Leaf in the NFL? Jamarcus Russell was a number one pick. What happened to him in the NFL? I mean, Trevor Lawrence works out, but does every quarterback work out? Justin Fields, what's what has he done? Jalen Hurts, people wrote him off when he left Alabama and said, well, if this guy can't beat out Tua, then he must suck. Then he turns around and almost wins a Super Bowl last year, and he's going to try for it again this year. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what your stars is, and it doesn't matter how flashy you are or what you wear. In Syracuse, New York, we care about people that care about us, and we haven't had a coach here outside of Scott Schaefer in a long time that cares about us. I agree with that 100%. You know, it's just, I mean, for football, football, 
to me, football is about, is about developing players. And I say that, you know, with, with my mentality because I was developed. You know, as you said before, I wasn't a five, I wasn't a five star. I wasn't a one star. Yeah. And I was probably once once I make it two star, you know, but 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 being in the culture, playing in the city to where I'm from because that nature, you know, just 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 made me work harder. It it it, it, it amazes me. And I, and I was saying this last night watching the Giants game, how how Babers who who um who Tommy DeVito, who was a Dino Babers recruit, Dino Babers recruit, struggled with Syracuse. He had no idea how to develop this young man. You know, so the kid left 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 through the left through NIL, you know. But it amazes me how Illinois found a way to develop this young man to where he, now he's a starting quarterback for the New York Giants in the National Football League. Hmm. That's interesting. So someone who you you thought was I won't say not talent, but I won't say talentless, but didn't have the talent, didn't have the didn't have the goods to be on your team, all of a sudden went to Illinois and was, was successful. Now he's starting for a professional football team in the NFL. <laughs> What yeah. does that tell you? Yeah, you know, and that, and that, and that's, I mean, that's case in point right there. That, you know, Tommy, but Tommy was square peg, round hole. You know, it was when Dino came in. He he said, Dungy's not going to run. Those days are over. He's I'm paraphrasing, but he said in so many words, yeah, he runs, but he's not doing that anymore. He's going to do what I want him to do. Then the next season at a press conference, he goes, well, you got to let Eric be Eric because he realized that trying to change Eric was not going to work, but you change the offense to fit Eric and then Dungy moves on. And then you're like, okay, Tommy DeVito, do what Eric does. Well, Tommy DeVito is a pocket passer who relies on the strength of his arm. He's a totally different quarterback. Eric Dungy is a guy who wants to play gladiator fights every single game. He wants to leapfrog you. He wants to spin move you. He, I mean, Dungy put his body on the line where Tommy DeVito wanted to be protected by his line. There was a difference between the two quarterbacks and trying to make them be each other. I mean, Dino came in and he was trying to make Eric Dungy arguably be Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he was trying to make Tommy be Eric Dungy. You have to let each person be themselves. And when we speak about the quarterback, Rob, I have never in my entire life of watching Syracuse football from a baby have I seen a team who says our starting quarterback's down, he's not healthy enough to throw, but we're going to bring him in here for some random plays as a decoy. We're going to bring a quarterback in in Carlos Del Rio Wilson who can throw the ball but doesn't have any control on it. And even after he's been at Syracuse for multiple years, he still has no control on it. So something's not working. We're going to bring in Braden Davis and show the world that we don't trust him to throw one single pass. So we take Dan Valari, who was a quarterback, who he has to be a tight end, who now we're asking to be a quarterback, but really he's a running back. And Braden Davis is going to go in, but he's not going to throw. He's going to be a wide receiver. And then we're going to bring in Luke McPhail at the end of the game where we need someone to lead a touchdown drive, and he hasn't played since garbage time at the beginning of the season. Looking at the quarterback situation in and of itself, it felt like the commentators – didn't even know how to react to Syracuse and Dino Baber's decisions because it was like, okay, so Schrader can't play, but he's kind of playing. Carlos Del Rio Wilson isn't playing, but we don't know what's wrong with him. Braden Davis, you don't you don't trust to throw a two-inch pass in front of his face. Dan Valari's the quarterback, but he's not really the quarterback. He's just running the ball. And these passes that you're throwing that are so soft to the outside could easily be picked off because you're not really game planning anything. You're not going down the field 
And Luke McPhail is a guy that you trust more than Braden Davis, but he's behind Braden Davis on the depth chart. That in and of itself to me, the circus against Georgia Tech, honestly, I, I've i never seen anything like it, Rob. <laughs> that, 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 that was a joke. I mean, you're, you're, you're a power five no school in uh, a football conference, the ACC football conference, which, which is a prestigious football conference. You know, we've had national champions as part of this conference. And as a recruiter, you're in your eighth year, you don't have a quarterback in your squad that can actually know, know, throw, the, throw the football, Yeah. you know, efficiently. I mean, out of all the scholarships and all the recruiting and you know, everything you do for a school, you're getting paid X amount of, X amount of money a year. It's not hard to go out there and find a quarterback and develop a quarterback in year eight. I mean, you should. I mean, even even if it's a walk on, you know, you should have a quarterback that can throw the ball. And like, and like when when I sat there and saw them, the entire game just run, 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 screen, run, 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 five to ten yard out, run, 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 screen. I'm like, I said to myself, you've got to be kidding me. That's a that's a that's a defensive coordinator's dream. Yeah. I would put, I would have put ten people in the box. It's like you know what. And they're like, you're not going to run the ball. If you beat me throwing, congratulations, but you're not going to run the ball. And what do you think Wake's going to do? Wake's going to have the mindset of, you know what, Syracuse? Eh, you're, all you can do is run the ball. If you throw the ball and get some big plays, we'll deal with that, but you're not running the ball. Well, and the thing with Wake is nobody, nobody, and I've argued this before, nobody's figured Dino out at halftime more than Dave Clawson. And Dave Clawson salivating, even though Dino's not there anymore, he's looking at this game going, Syracuse and us are the worst teams in the ACC right now. But we got the upper hand with Syracuse because they're not one-dimensional. They're like half of one-dimensional. Yeah. And yeah. and that is just – it's not what you want to see. It's not what you want to happen. I want to give you the other name that I had on my list. And anybody can go to wakeupcalldt.com, check out our articles, check out everything there, including all the incredible companies we work with and make sure you support them. The articles page, you can see it right on the home page, is my head coaching board for Syracuse. The other coach that or the other potential coaching candidate that I put up on this board, I'm gonna give you a background on him and then I'll say his name. Uh, running back from Sarah at Syracuse from 1989 to 1992, uh, would then go on to coach for his alma mater of Syracuse from March 95 through December 2004, so spending a decade at Syracuse coaching, leading the running backs after being one himself from January 2005 to December 2010, was a running backs coach for the Pittsburgh Panthers, then went on to the NFL to be the running backs coach for the Indianapolis Colts, Detroit Lions, and most recently the Chicago Bears. Ties to coaching over decades, both collegiately and professionally, and their, his ties to fellow Syracuse football alumni can help the Orange roll forward to a more prosperous era. David Walker, your thoughts? Oh, David Walker would be another great choice. Again, one of us says a lot. I mean, like, and the guys know what I mean when I say that, as far as one of us. We know we're being at Syracuse during those cold winters, during those hard practices, during those walk-downs, you know, the, 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 at the time, carrier don't just dealing with the situation in your Syracuse, blah, 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 whatever it may be. We understand each other, you know, so we'll support each other on 100% we can. We know what it took to make us, to take us from, back, even back then, because like, like, 87 started the role of Syracuse being great. Yeah. 
Why don't you ask them what, what we did in 87 to go 11 on one? Because it just didn't happen because the next year we went 10 and 2. You know, so I mean, I'm not talking about 6 and 6 with the 6 and 6 seasons. You hear what I just said? I said 11 on one and 10 and 2. Then the next year they went 9 and 3, 9 and 3, 10 and I can go on and on and on on how Barbara started to roll. That's the series we need to get back to. That's where we, like you said, recruiting in the Northeast, whether it be Pennsylvania, you know, New Jersey, you know, Massachusetts, you know, Connecticut. I mean, I mean, some, sometimes, sometimes Maryland, sometimes at the, the, the D.C. area. You know what? You, you get those what I call diamond in a rough. Yeah. You know, and when, it, and when those diamonds, when those diamonds become polished, ooh, you get a little <laughs> bit of those seasons. You get ten and two seasons. You get nine and three seasons. You get to compete now for national championships, you know? But as long as they continue the status quo, continue what they were doing, you're going to get the exact same results. You know, and the, definition it, of, the definition of insanity. Yeah, we know it. And the thing is, is in the ACC in and of itself, Dave Doran at NC State, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest have proven that there are coaches that don't have to get the five-star highly touted, everybody yeah. wants that person, yeah. and they – they will polish them and they will send them to the NFL. And I mean, they've done it. Notre Dame, all of their success this season on offense, they can thank Wake Forest and Dave Clawson for recruiting and finding diamond in the rough Sam Hartman, who you got to take through college football free agency in the transfer portal. So Rob, before I let you go, so, you know, we've looked at that. We've looked at the, the, the coaching thoughts and whatnot. And there's reasoning for all. I think that Jimbo Fisher should be called for the sake of just proving that you're serious about it and actually see what he has to say. And he's one in the ACC. That's my argument for him. But if it was up to me and I'm sitting on a board for this decision, I'm bringing someone to Syracuse who knows Syracuse, hence my David Walker, my Don McPherson, and my Steve Adazio. Again, I could have put any name on that list, but I didn't because I put those names on the list with purpose. There's reasoning behind each of them because I don't do anything without truly believing in what I'm doing. This is my big question, because I love you dearly. Someone gets the head coaching job at Syracuse, and they call up Robert Drummond, and they say, what up, Drum? Want to come back and do some cool stuff? What are your thoughts on that? That's a, a no-brainer. You know, for, for me to have the opportunity to, to, to from my knowledge and what I know and experience and things of that nature to come back and make my university, not just my university, my hometown, successful and proud of, you know, because of, of, I know how proud I was when I played, but to make them proud of what these kids are doing and to be able to go out into the community and, and bring the community and the university back, back together, it's, 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 that's, that's not even a question to me. That's a, that's a given. That's 100%. You heard it here on Wake Up Call first. Drum, that'd be, you know what? That'd be awesome. That would be amazing. There, There's something to be said about uh, going into every press conference, getting to slap your hand, give you a hug, and hear, what up, kid? Every time I go into uh... a... Syracuse, Coach Mack, but Syracuse. You, you, as a coach, you have to love the environment that you're in, you know, because you don't think these kids feel it. You don't think these kids see it. 
yeah. don't fool yourself. These kids know it. Oh they yeah. See it. These, these young these young kids were were the, the future of of, um, of of the city of Syracuse. Who are playing in sports? Do that I see all the time? They see the passion I have for the city of Syracuse, and they 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 feed off that, which is cool to me. You know. Oh, and that's which is cool to me. So, so that's that's what we got to get it back to. A lot of these kids, a lot of, I'm 14, a lot of these kids playing Syracuse football right now who are from different cities, different towns, things of that nature, when they graduate, they'll never come back here. Well, you look at it like this, too. The transfer portal makes it way too easy to give up on your team. And if you're not from Syracuse, you're not from the Northeast, you don't have a connection. If your team's not winning, you jump ship. If the coach says you can't play, you jump ship. If you have to fight for your job, you jump ship. I don't see Syracuse players playing for Syracuse. I don't see Syracuse Central, Upstate New York, and the state of New York in general guys being here who have worn orange their whole life, and there's a little bit of adversity, and they say, screw this team. I see a team that says, no, we're going to band together. We're going to figure this out. That's the thing. You're not – when you have a coach who doesn't know the community, doesn't understand, doesn't seem to care – doesn't seem to put the work into the community, doesn't show love to the kids. We're not asking you to recruit kids that that can't play. We're saying the ones that can, when you spit on these kids, when you do not pay attention to these kids, you are taking kids who wore Syracuse their whole life, wore orange all the time, came to the dome. These are the kids that would run through walls for you again. The guy who's picture in picture with me, that's one of those kids. If he went to Penn State or he went to Rutgers or Rob went to Wisconsin or Rob went to Indiana or Rob went to Alabama, then his whole family is wearing those colors. His whole family is not thinking about Syracuse. And Rob Drummond is probably not living here, probably not you know, doing stuff here in this community because what what is not understood is when you take these talented kids and you tell them they're not good enough, these kids have looked me in the eye and said to me, I cannot wait to come here and kick Syracuse's butt. I can't wait to be back in the dome. I wish we played Syracuse 12 times a year so I can show them what they lost. You're teaching kids that fell in love with you at a young age to hate you now. And, and, and these kids are starting on teams. They're playing on teams. They're, they're around the country getting recruited by Army, Navy, Air Force, Arizona, San Diego State. I mean, the reality of it all is they're here, they love you, and if you treat them with a blind eye and you turn your back on them, these are the kids that are going to stay with you. They're not going to transfer portal, and their families are not going to walk out in the third quarter because they're not going to walk out on their kids. It, it, it's, it's not a tough concept. And but the argument that everybody gives me is that there's no talent here. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that for a million years, and, and, and that's that's not true. So that's that's a that's a cop out excuse. That's that's not true. You know, well, it's just it's, people that don't do research, and and that's that's the reality. If there was no talent in Syracuse, how come Syracuse's best years were with people in a six-hour radius, people in New York, people that didn't have five stars? If 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 it was true that Syracuse doesn't breed talent and Central and Upstate New York and the state of New York doesn't have talented guys, then why are these guys in the NFL? Why are they still in the NFL? And, you know, what do they say? An expectancy for a running back in the NFL is two and a half years. How long has Latavius been there? Toward a decade? So, 10, 10 years, 10, 11 years. Yeah. so 
I mean, Rob, we know what we need to do. We know who we need to have. You and I have talked about recruit local, care about the six hour radius, connect with the alumni, connect with the community. Don't leave your assistant coaches in a cave so nobody knows what they look like. Let them talk to people. Let them get out there. It's this is not a tough concept. And, you know, I mean, Rob, eight years later, they ran the ball, but recruiting locally and attaching to the alumni. And I want people to know this. I've said it on the show before, but I want you to understand this. There are alumni that have told me on the phone that they have written checks to Syracuse and all they wanted was for the head coach to call them in the last eight years and to acknowledge that they exist in the world, to just say hello. And the coach refused to do that. So the check stayed in their house. That is money that they wanted to bring to Syracuse. And all they asked was for someone to call them up and have a, a couple minute conversation. And because the coach refused to do that, Syracuse didn't have money. And that to me is one of the sickest things in the world. The easiest people to go to to sell your program are the people that live through your program. 100% correct. You, know, you, you get it. A lot, a lot of people don't. They, they, they really don't. You know, and this is coming from someone who's actually a Syracuse legend, you know? I mean, I, so I can sit here and tell you, like, from, from my standpoint, how it works, you know? I can tell you what, what, what made me great, what made me be able to play as long as I did, what made, gave me the drive to, you know, to go to Syracuse and do what I did. I can explain it to you in you know, simple layman's terms. You know, it was a pride of playing for a city that had my support and believed in me. They recruited me early. You know, yeah. Syracuse met the new coach, those are not. I'll go for him. It's like, you know what, coach? You sent me on commission. I'll go to all these schools within a six-mile radius, and I'll, I'm very good at speaking with kids. I'll speak to all these kids, and I'll speak to these parents, you know, on, on the school, on the, university, on the university's behalf. Someone like a Donnie or a Dave Walker, you know, or even a, a Coach Adazio, you know, wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to have to ask me to do that. They know I do it for them. Yeah. And those are my, you know, one never of the, got a call. Sorry, never got a call from Dean or anything. So it's like, okay, we must need our help. So, well, and the thing is, I mean, Randy Etzel, they missed the boat on that too. So, you know, another guy who they say, well, look at his record and look at Randy Etzel's respect. Look at Paul, Paul Pascaloni, coach P has tried to retire like 17 times. And every time he tries to take a break, someone calls him and says, coach, I don't need somebody. I need you. And, you know, so, and, and again, look at the last couple decades of Syracuse football. The thing, there's one decision that set Syracuse back decades. And that was the firing of Paul Pascaloni. I agree. Without question. So for, for, for going six and six. Yeah. For going six and six, which is now what they fight for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's my point. There you go. He got he got fired for for, for, for he got fired for their standards now. Yeah, their standard is six and six. And I believe Yay, Paul. Pitt. Ooh, let's go to the cigar. <laughs> let's pop the champagne. Ooh, we got six and six. Congratulations. You know, good season. You went five hundred, but you you, you, you proud of that? You, you you banging up? You know that that's how it is. That's okay. Sorry, but sorry if I want to be a champion. Yeah. You know? My thing is, you know, I mean, I just even if I won a championship, I would be like, you know, hey, well, first and foremost, if I won a championship, I get down on my knees and I pray before I did anything. <laughs> so that's what I would do. My my prayers would be out there before anything else. But with that being said, Rob, as always, I appreciate, you know, 
everything that you've said and everything that that you bring, you know, to the table as always. I'm proud to be your brother. I'm proud that, you know, I consider you a member of my family more than anything else. I know you love this city and I know you care so very much. So uh, can't wait to talk with you again and always happy to talk with you. And folks, even though you may have not seen us picture in picture in a little bit, uh, Rob and I talk on the phone a lot. That's why he laughs every time I say, how are you? Because he's like, I talked to you yesterday. So <laughs> be good, buddy. I'll talk to you I soon. Do. You, 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 you make it seem as if I don't talk to you all the time. But yeah. like, oh, we do. So this is what this is what I'll say to you today. Rob, I'll talk to you in an hour. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> be good, buddy. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, dude. Take it easy, kid. Hey, right, you too. Love you. Love you too, bro. All right, man. That coming once again from Rob Drummond here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports truly meets that thing called life. And our Lemoyne special is uh, is going to be airing uh, here as we get set to head over to the press conference with John Wildhack. So with that being said, I thank you so much for tuning in on YouTube.com and Facebook.com, both backslash Wake Up Call DT and on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, or one word, Wake Up Call DT, on Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, Podchaser.com, Podvine, Spotify, TuneIn, and YouTube. And, of course, a big time thanks to our incredible partners in Central Upstate New York, Carvel DeWitt, Mon Paz, Kettle Corner, Popcorn Factory, The Wildcat, Sports Pub, GG Cards and Breaks, Chick-fil-A Cicero and Chick-fil-A Clay, PB&J's Lunchbox, Canine Camp, Dog Daycare, Avicoli's Canine Campground, Dog Boarding, North Star Nutrition and Nutrition Wave, two places where you can get my signature drink called the Mic Drop, a healthy tea with pomegranate, blueberry, blackberry, strawberry, and watermelon. Go and get it today. North Star Nutrition, 628 South Main Street, North Syracuse. Nutrition Wave on 6197 State Route 31 in Cicero, New York. Great Lakes Honda City, Mother's Cupboard, where you can get my sandwich, the Cuse McMother. Carvel DeWitt, you can get my DT Dolphin Sunday. And, of course, Pizza Man. We're proud to be the exclusive multimedia marketing partner of the LeMoyne College Dolphins and the Bryan and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse. And as always, I thank you all. Go and watch my LeMoyne special that's airing now. Big time thanks to Rob Drummond. I will see you all soon. And of course, I will have plenty of information coming off of the press conference with John Wildhack about the future of Syracuse football. God bless. No stress. Do your best and be well.